I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get your brand on board with our podcast and a sponsorship campaign and get into the earphones of 100,000 plus highly engaged music and comedy fans within our show and across Acast's other famous podcasts. I'll even come up with a creative for you. Get in touch via producerpool.co.uk and we'll have a chat about how it works. A funny taste in music with Andrew Bird. Hello, um, I've got a cold. I know you don't care, but um, that's why my voice sounds like this. Um, welcome to A Funny Taste in Music. Uh, it's me, Andrew Bird. Uh, this week is with Russell Howard. Um, he is... Oh, he's, he's a good comedian, isn't he? He's bloody good. He is a good comedian. He is... Uh, we sort of started around the same time. No, he started a little bit before me, but I remember when I started stand-up right like now most stand-ups are quite young there's loads of young stand-ups early 20s even teens that's quite normal but when i started it wasn't normal they were all like sort of late 20s 30s there wasn't many young comedians there was me i think dan nightingale russell howard matt kershon jared christmas that was about there was about four of us we were the young ones and you were like who's who's this other young comedian i've heard of and they go, have you seen Russell Howard? Uh, I remember James Dowswell telling me, oh, have you seen Russell? And I hadn't seen him. And um, on the circuit, oh, sweet Lord, he was brilliant when he was on the circuit. Um, what a comedian he was on the circuit. He's bloody brilliant now. Let's not get that wrong. I'm just saying. Um, anyway, uh, so I've sort of known him for quite a while, but I didn't gig with him that much because by the time I met him a couple of times on the circuit, he was already doing big tours and stuff like that. Um, but still known him over the years, play football together on a Tuesday. Oh, he's a good football player as well, that, and he'd probably be he'd probably want me to say that more than the comedian bit, I'll be honest. Um, very good football player. I reckon he would have been a central midfielder that had bossed the game or a tricky winger. I'm not sure where he played, I'll have to ask him. Anyway, uh, so now uh for this episode, um I have some admin. Uh, I, I hate podcast admin, so I'm going to make it quick. And you, you think this is pretty cynical for me to choose this one because there'll be more listeners for this one because it's Russell. Let's be honest. Uh, there'll be people who've come to this just for Russell that haven't haven't heard this podcast before. And I'm choosing this one to announce my tour. I've got the nerve to piggyback off of Russell's fame and promote my tour. Yeah, 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 I fucking am. If you don't like it, switch off now. Yeah, I've got a tour. Uh, October, November, the twice postponed tour. 
you know why I cancelled it twice. Um, wasn't in the mood. So it's going to be October, November. I'm touring. I'm doing Northampton, Banbury, Milton Keynes. Loads of dates. Uh, to get tickets and find out the dates for all of them, I won't go through them one by one. I'll, you know, I'll give you more respect than that. Um, if you go to my website, www.andrewbirdcomedian.com, not to be confused with uh, American musician, www.andrewbirdcomedian.com. I can't even say a website address properly. Um, so, yeah, I'm going on tour there. So, uh, please come along. Uh, please support this podcast um, financially, not just spiritually, financially with the Patreon page. And um, so this is great, this chat with Russell. Uh, I knew I knew he was really into music. I've sort of heard him casually mention bands. And I thought, um, and he's about the same age as me. And so I thought we'd have quite a few bands in common, but I didn't know how much he was into music. How, like me, he's sort of, you have it as your soundtrack during your day, all day. It's quite normal just to have music on. And I knew it'd be funny hearing about his family. <laughs> the music you wait till you hear i mean just hearing the music his dad was into and how he still listens to music is worth it's worth listening to the podcast for that alone so here we go a uh, few adverts stick with them and then uh here's russell howard a funny taste in music the interview next here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, this is Rich Wilson, host of the podcast Insane in the Membrane, where we talk to funny and interesting people about men's mental health. People like James Acaster. Because we won't talk about emotions because we think that's bad. We won't talk about feelings and that's bad. So they've, they've had to rebrand it and go, it's mental health. <laughs> oh, oh, talk, oh, yeah. Gotcha. Mental. Our, our brains are so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty clever. Uh, I, I like, okay, I'll get, I'll get into my mental health. Yeah, that's it. I like puzzles. <laughs> and Rob Beckett. I've never even done a school play. <laughs> I did some open mic gigs, did the Edinburgh Fringe, got on, somehow got on the telly. And I'm on the other side of the world in the jungle doing nights. 
following Ant and Deck. And David Baddiel. The mum comes up to me and says, I'm starting this charity and it's for men and mental health in men and would you like to be the patron of it? And my first thought was, all oh, right, so I come to this place every day. If I say no, she's going to be looking oh, yeah. at me every day like, you <laughs> you uncaring, pretending to be interested in mental health. <laughs> That's insane in the membrane. Available everywhere. I started doing this you were like this um the f- one of the first ones was jared the first one was jared and then al pitcher i think he was about number three or something and yeah. every time stevie williams got a mention just in passing oh, really yeah and i i honestly for a while i was gonna really consciously try and mention stevie williams just in subtly every- everyone yeah. just really subtly just in passing just like oh yeah kings of leon yeah Stevie Williams likes then. Anyway, I was going to do that for everyone until it got to the point. Just, I just wanted one person to message, who is Stevie Williams? Why haven't you got him on? I was going to do it for years, but I bailed out early. I'm kicking myself now. I love love that. Didn't you have him on? I haven't had him on. Oh, okay. I asked him if he wanted to do it. Yeah. And he said he, he instantly recommended you and Steve Hall. Yeah, he's fucking funny about stuff. Like, he, yeah, he's got a weird thing about not wanting to do stuff. It's very strange. Yeah. I'm recording this end, and it sounds quite good when you're um, yeah, in that position, Russell. When you lean back, we okay. hear, the, hear the whole room. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. I was going um, to leave that Steve Williams bit in. Um, keep it in, man, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, f- well, firstly, I liked, a minute ago, I could see your kitchen, and you had a Sergeant Pepper picture in the kitchen. Yeah. Sergeant Pepper album. Mm. It's a big move for the kitchen. That's more of a living room kind of picture, but... That's immediately made me think. Wow, I didn't realise you were you were that 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 level of loving what? music because what? I've what? always because I've always seen you um, like on your show you have mm. Kasabian on yeah. the Russell Howard hours the intro. I've seen one of your live shows where I think you had Underdog Kasabian, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, he's got a good ear for an he's got a good ear for a walk on music. Well, I'll tell you what, this won't be amazing for the listeners. So that's the, the Sergeant Pepper cover. But if you look closely, it's 10 years of good news, which is a show on oh, right. BBC. Oh, I and see. And it's all the people that have appeared on the show down the years. Oh, that's good. Whoever got that made? It's very cool. Now, I'll quickly do this um, so I can show you the other cool music uh, stuff I've got because I didn't know we were going to be doing this. But I believe I've got what is the greatest shot of any performer ever in my office. And that is, oh, can you see that? Yeah, That's yeah. Fr- Freddie, Freddie Mercury at Live Wem- Look at that. The Wembley shot. That, yeah, is a, that, is- that is a man who is just completely in his own head and everyone is staring at himself. Phenomenal. But this is my coolest thing. I've got to move my table tennis uh, thing out of the way. But you see that? Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. Well, you bought the Bob, like... It's like the sort of, um, what are they called? Like the negatives, uh, a series of yeah. loads of different ones. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So he's like ticked. He goes, yeah, I love that one. Don't like that. That's pretty good. Oh, All right. Yeah. Pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. And, and uh, for those listening to the podcast, I've got a good, I've had a proper tour of Russell's house here via Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, cool. But, yeah, so there's... Um, I'm kind of obsessed with, there's a brilliant uh, hotel in uh, LA on the strip that has those kind of old black and white photos of um, 
musicians. It's, there's an amazing one of Stevie Wonder kind of like playing, but I love yeah. those. I just kind of like, really like those shots of sort of music, musicians lost in their kind of flow state. They don't really exist for comics. No, well, comics, they never look comics, good. But comics don't look as good when they're in their flow. There's a photo of me, right, um, that I was given to... Um, Basically, I did 10 nights at the Albert Hall, yeah. which was mind-blowingly cool. And they've got a photo of me to sort of celebrate this. And I'm doing an impression of Nigel Farage at the time. Now, I know that because of the face I'm pulling, but it yeah. looks like I'm just, I'm like, I look like such a fucking moron. Yeah. And you're like, is that really the photo? You could have selected any, and it's kind of... It, it's at the Albert Hall, so you kind of see all these performers. Yeah. And there's me gurning like a prick. Yeah. Yeah, you wanted it's, like a cool black and white sort of Bill Hicks, smoke, jazz yeah. club feel. Exactly. You, yeah. Okay. But well, it's, you're a bit sweaty and you're sticking your chin out and, you know, your jeans are all ripped. You're like a fucking moron. But I don't know what it is. There's something about musicians, they just, I guess that's their job, right? They... they that they can sort of capture a magnificence in a way that we capture stupidity. Yeah. That, but that weirdly, a photo of you looking absolutely ridiculous is you absolutely in the zone committing, isn't it? Probably. If you didn't look ridiculous, you were probably going through the motions on some level. That's a very good point. Because you do, you know, that, I would say that about you. If you do commit, and when I see you I doing commit. the TV show, you commit yeah. to stuff that's brand new in a way I don't even commit to stuff that I know should be working on the off chance it doesn't get a laugh it's even worse if you really commit and it doesn't get a laugh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you fucking go for it so a photo yeah. of you is always going to be like that i'm afraid isn't it i'm uh, yeah unfortunately yeah but yeah but um but it's but the point i'm making um thank you very much for the compliment about my musical taste and um yeah music is a massive part of my life. I kind of, I don't understand people and you meet these people very occasionally who say they don't like music. And yeah. I, I just cannot get my head around how you go through life because music's almost like this constant companion to me, like these sort of earworms just to pit. It drives my wife just insane. So I'll get like, I've been listening to the new Kings of Leon album and, um, I just sing, keep singing one line from it, and yeah. because it because it makes me happy, it drives her mad. But I can't, I don't understand how people go through their day without singing to themselves. Yeah, I'm absolutely the same. I don't. I've got. What do you think? I've got two extremes. My brothers. My, one of my brother, I'd say, is probably he maybe even more obsessed with music than I am. We shared a room, and he's yeah. constantly going. Listen, to this. He's a he's a music pusher. You know those mm -hmm. people that are properly... If you had this, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. And then yeah. my other brother, well, he's, if we weren't brothers, we've got nothing in common, but we really get yeah. on. He He's like that. He has no interest in music. He owns one album that his wife bought him because it's got a tune that was on Match of the Day. <laughs> wow. I can't get my head around it. And he, he says, but he like he sings along to stuff. He says, well, why do I need anything? It's on the radio, isn't it? It's free. Which, fair enough... I'm, I'm, I admire that level of stinginess. That's clearly in the family, but I can't understand that. I can't understand how he wouldn't buy music. He wouldn't seek it out or have it on purposely. If it's on, he'll enjoy it. But yeah, I have that. For me, for me, 
that one of the greatest moments with music is the third time you listen to a song. Yeah. So the first, the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, hello. I like that. The second time you're like, this is, and then that third time when you find a song you adore, Mike, it's just unbelievable because you sort of know what's coming and yeah, you're yeah. kind of, you're sort of in that moment, you get to relive it. Why would you not have that where you just kind of, that, 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 that sense of going, right, I can, well, I can have that. I can have that on my phone. I can have every noise I've heard a human being make that I like in my phone. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. actually, well, I'll, I won't bother. I'll leave it to fucking chance. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, yeah. you know I mean? just, I'll, I'll just select whatever the DJ has to, has to push that morning versus you, you can have a song by, you know, you could have like something from Beck or something from Kenneth Ramar, or you can, you can literally curate your day. One of yeah. the most dangerous things you can do is leave your phone on shuffle, hmm. particularly if you've got spoken word books, because you can be lost in a moment and then suddenly fucking Alan Bennett from nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It feels like you're yeah. on a horse and you're marching into battle and then mother would fall over on a regular bit. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, Alan. I had to get rid of him. I like his work, but I can't run the risk that Bennett will find me in a gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the treadmill. You can't. Uh, yeah. You can't. You can't be going for your last two-minute sprint. And Alan Bennett. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the consumption took a lot of. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, it's a quality Alan Bennett impression, though. I'll give you that. Well, I, because I've heard him a lot. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. I Please. just went through this stage of, of kind of like, I wanted to listen to all this stuff, but it's just that juxtaposition of, um, you know, uh, sort of diesel powered by the prodigy. You're like, yep. Uh huh. Yeah. And then suddenly to him, it's just so do, do strange, you, strange bedfellows. Do you have a say on, uh, do you pick the stuff, your, your uh, music for the show, your walk on music and stuff? Do you pick that yep. a lot? Yeah. yeah. I, you, I pick all, I pick all of it. We, we, me and my friend Kumar, uh, who's my tour manager, we I kind of pick it, I select it, and then his brother um, cuts it down so there's no pauses in between any of the tracks. So it just blends and it builds. Oh, nice. And then we have this, a bit like they have at the Glee, we have this kind of final 15-minute power track. Oh, so you pick the whole... Whole, the whole um thing. the whole house music basically the whole e as in house every music as in all the interval everything everything every single thing and then the are you dj music. your whole night yeah totally oh, that's because, the dream i'd love to do but, that yeah but how many times have we been at a gig and very often i'll kind of sort of say to kumar i'm like can you get them to turn the music up it's just too f it just sounds that kind of sort of you know local theater you know yeah sort of 80s like boring humdrum song yeah like you can create like that's the thing that music does music creates its own atmosphere it's like liquid emotion and like <laughs> if you if you if you hear like helter skelter being played um at an arena it's just oh my god it just gets you ready for you know you know what it's like you've played uh, rooms that big with with michael you you it you anything you can do to make that situation sort of more hyped up yeah. is, is, a, is a good thing. You know? There's a few songs you see where I like that when you see people instinctively without even knowing going, oh, like that. Cause they, they yeah. like, like Helter Skelter or something comes on a good start. 
to a song. So it's a good point. Why wouldn't you have that if it's your gig, your whole night? Why would you? Why would you have yeah. it? Put it to chance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Let, let some seventy-five-year-old who's worked in this theatre for forty years let him let him choose my music. That's a good point. Yeah, Imagine that, ba 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 ba. Good night, sweetheart. Well, well, this is going to be weird, isn't it? Because it it sort of and it helps. Sometimes I think you can almost leave these almost Easter eggs for the kind of content and the kind of stuff they're going to see. Yeah, Do you yeah. Know what I mean, you know. But um, there's what there is. Uh, when I thought of chatting to you about music, I did think there was one of them where you know when you've got an album that you absolutely love and you're just getting into it, like you said about like second, third listen, and you you know mm. when you're like well, this album, I'm going to be obsessed with this for the next six yeah. months, a year at least. And you want to find other people that know it and you ask, but have you, you, you heard of this? And especially when it's someone really unknown. I had that with you where it was uh, Gavin Osborne. Where, yes. And we, uh, for those who don't know me, we used to play football on a Tuesday and he does loads of shows with Daniel Kitson and supporting him on tour. And he yeah. does, how would you describe his music? It's very, um, uh, it's borderline comedy, some of it. And then it's... Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's sort of very inventive, uh, satirical uh, folk songs, I would say. Yeah. It's yeah, sort very, of some, somewhere between kind of Billy Bragg, Bob Dylan, and... Uh, That's a good description, really. But, but do you know what I mean? It's kind of, but, but he's... Lyrically but, ambitious. Yeah, but, but also kind of... It's somewhere between Have I Got News For You and and Bob Dylan. Uh, like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That it's kind of because it's very, you know, it's very jaunty, it's very British, very funny, but it's also, he wrote a brilliant song about the NHS that he kind yeah. of did almost a bit like Dylan. He wrote it as like a topical song um, and uh, for a gig that, a gig in Bristol, he just did it um, because it was a gig for, for the NHS in Bristol that a bunch of us did. And he kind of, you know, specifically wrote a set and it was this, this song about the NHS and we've had it on my TV show and I think he released it as a single. I think it did really well. It's a brilliant song. It's really beautiful, really kind of, uh, it was the perfect end to the night. It went so well that he performed it in the middle of the show and then at the end of the show because people realised, oh, can we have that song again? That was, that sort of summed up what we felt, you know. So yeah. you really liked that and you, so did you mention it to Gavin or no, did you mention it? Because I, I remember, I remember we were, um, I remember we were sort of, I was sort of fascinated who he was because at football, mostly it was mostly comedians on a Tuesday. And I was yeah. sort of fat and they're like, he play, he supports Daniel Kitson and they do mm. stuff together. And I was like, really? Oh, yeah. How does that work? And I was sort of, and then I always kind of try and like when you know a musician or or or, or comedian, if a comedian's wrote a book, I'll buy that book to show support of other yeah. comedians. So I bought his album out of interest and thought, I'll oh, show support to you know, and I had no idea what it was gonna be. And I listened to it out of politeness, thinking, you'll give it a go. And mm. then I was instantly obsessed with it and thought, well I'm gonna be listening to this. And I couldn't believe how how brilliant the lyrics were. It's borderline stand up some of it, the observations. Mm. But mm. then how brilliant the melodies are and all of that. And I thought, mm. I've I've seen him in shorts. That doesn't seem right somehow. You know when yeah, you see musicians and you, you expect them to be profound all the time. Yeah. You should you you should be talking in lyrics, not shouting man on. It's so really it was weird to me. 
Yeah, well, it's funny because I I play uh, Fiber Side with uh, James Bay. So and he's like, you know, like a really good mate of mine. But I, he's my mate that I play football with. And, I, you know, I'll go for, for dinner with, um, you know, me and my wife and him and his missus will go for dinner. You know what I mean? We kind of yeah. hang out. And I remember I went to see him support Ed Sheeran in uh, a stadium in Barcelona, right? And it was just that, it was the most surreal moment because you're like, it's my mate that I play five aside with. And when yeah. that, it's that it's that incredible thing when you see somebody that you're, you see somebody in their true context. It's yeah. so fascinating because you go, oh, oh, right. Do you know what I mean? It was, it, I often think that a bit with someone like Kitson as well, that you get so used to just playing football with Daniel or, yeah. you know, playing computer football with him that when you see him on stage, you're like, oh, he's a genius. Yeah. yeah. I completely for, I, I forgot. I forgot he's a genius. Yeah, I forgot. Because yeah. I'm, used, I'm used to him playing football in what looks like rags. Yeah. <laughs> and now... You and know, how he normally is. he's got such a vulgar potty mouth yeah, that you yeah, forget yeah. how profound he can be. When he says yeah, something, exactly. you go, geez, I forgot that. I forgot he's a genius. Yeah, yeah. it's a good description. He's, he's profound and potty. Yeah, it's a wonderful combination that he's managed mm. to corner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. With Gavin, I remember I was so I was obsessed with his album. I just couldn't stop mm. listening to it. And that's mm. maybe that's one of them that uh, that really I was obsessed with. That is such a funny idea, such an original idea that he wrote a song called Jamie Cook yeah, about about uh, a football player on a computer football game that he bought mm. when he was yeah. in Division Two. And went all the way at the Premiership, and then he put in a transfer, and it's a love song for a football player on a computer game. And I thought, mm. what? That is such an original idea. But then, it, if you didn't know that, you'd think it was just like a beautiful love song. That's it's amazing. True. But it's also it speaks to if you're a football fan, we've all had, and you've played, you know, Football Manager or Champ Man back in the day. You've had those like weird relationships. There's a guy called Andre Sikporsen that I used to have. Was, was Iceland, <laughs> oh, here we Icelandic go. This is your heartbreak. Yeah, well, there's a few of them, like um, Alan uh, Pouton, uh, Andrew Mainwaring, uh, Michael <laughs> Duff. you remember all their names but, as well. But funny. I do. But but um, Paul Eiffel, me and my mate took Kettering Town to, uh, to, <laughs> to, to the final of the, um, the Champions League. We won it with them. Um, Jeff Pitcher, we got him from Kidderminster. Great footballer. But the point is, <laughs> so you you know you and you you imagine them. So that's clearly what's happened with Gap that he kind of had this sort of relationship that he completely built up in his head. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I think a lot of like because football management games are normally for blokes that are obsessed with football and you develop these strange relationships, particularly if you're playing until 2020, 2030, 2040, you're suddenly like, you've got these like new players that no one's heard of. Do you what's really, do what's really mad about? So when you get to the end of football manager, which I have, right, it says um, the manager, um, you know, so Russell Howard has finished his illustrious career. He is now retired to a, to a uh, a beautiful mansion by the by the beach. That's what it says. So that's what you do, right? So now there is part of me thinking: Do I have the mental strength to play it all the way through, being deliberately shit, just to see 
if there's a different retirement. Like, do you oh. know what I mean? Where it's like, so he hasn't got a beachside house. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He's, he's living in a tent outside KFC. Or just something like that. Because he was running so, a pub. They always run pubs. Yeah. yeah. But, it's, um, but I guess the point is, it's like, if you have a creative bent, it's sort of that thing. It doesn't really matter whether you're a comic or a musician or a, a writer or whatever. It sort of stands to reason that you're, you'll be able to create music or comedy out of things that other people would never believe that you can make funny. Do you know what I mean? Like the amount of comedy yeah. that Rich, John Richardson's got out of dishwashers is yeah. phenomenal. And there are yeah. many people thinking about it like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I, um, I mean, I still, I, whenever I hear the word uh, season, I cannot mm. not sing that bit of Jamie Cook. There's always a reason for the change of seasons. I cannot not sing it now. That's there for yeah. life. Yeah, that's a gift. yeah. But I th- there is, I reckon that's, I think that's why as comedians, we're a little bit obsessed with musicians. And I think a lot mm. of musicians, you've spoke to James Bay and I bet he's asked you about writing stand up a lot. Cause a lot yeah, of musicians yeah. are always, they're fascinated by how we write stand up. And I yeah. think there's a, there's just, there's a tiny crossover of you get a germ of an idea and it, mm. it's from there. And you've, in, you've interviewed like, I mean, that, what a night that must have been. James Bay and Ed Sheeran in Barcelona. It was you- incredible. Um, do you know what was amazing about it? So I went backstage. I was like, that was, you know, I've just seen a stadium full of Spanish people from kids to grannies just like lost. Like, like it's like 100,000 people, right? And I go backstage and I'm like, oh, that was amazing. And they're like, and what was even there at the top of the mountain, they're like, oh, I should have been here last night. And even (laughs) even here, even here at the top, there was something really refreshing about the fact that that, that we all do that. If you're any kind of performer, you're like, ah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, that is close to a stand-up, that, isn't it? Oh, I should have been here last night. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, and, but, you know, there's literally people weeping because they've had the night of their life and they're like, yeah, it was fine, it's fine, it's fine. And James um, Bay, all he's seen is that bloke in the fourth row staring blankly. That's yeah. all he's... T- I've just thought of that. I've never thought of that with musicians. They must have that as well. That well, illness well, I, of just seeing the one bloke who looks annoyed. Yeah, but I think it's that, it's that thing. I know Robin Williams and David Bowie had a bit of a relationship like that where they would often chat about how the, the sort of process... And whenever I talk to musicians, I find it so interesting because I'm obsessed with the fact that they have, uh, they create their 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 art for people, whereas we create ours with. So they literally sit in a room on themselves or with mates, and they kind of have the germs of ideas, and they kind of uh, sort of you know turn them into something magical and then they put it out and then they perform it live. And we go on stage with an audience and go, right, okay, I think this is a thing. And we kind of create it. And as soon as we got it to a level, you can never say it again. Whereas like our audience want nothing but new stuff. Whereas a musical audience want nothing but the stuff they've come to see. Yeah. There's this sort of interesting backwards creativity that we both have but I, lo- I love talking to musicians about about the way they create because i often think it, like it would be the equivalent of like chris martin going on stage one night at like the king's head and going it was all blue nah and then the next day it was all green nah yellow 
It's yellow. Like, no. Do you know what I mean? And and I wonder if any musicians have ever created like that. I doubt it. I imagine what they do is they perform it to uh, their mates in the studio and their mates come in like, what do you think? Is that, you know, and there's these kind of tinkerings. But I wonder whether their partners are like, is this gear? If they get a yeah. bit pissy, like in the same way, if like they yeah. start, you know, start doing a couple of chords, is that a bit? Well, it might be. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. But they must do. Yeah, that's a, yeah. They must do. And there's just last night, I told my wife a new bit I had, and she went, "Yeah," and then walked through, and then put on some program about hospitals. Um, but uh, yeah, they must have that. They must have. That. It's Noel Gallagher said that that his wife will go. She'll go. Oh, did you write that? <laughs> yeah oh really yeah that's fine you'll write a new bitch you go funny. oh it's good it's good and he said something yeah. about he wanted a they bought a new house and he wanted a room to write in to write music she yeah. went what and he went I want a room to go and write music she went when do you write music he's like what what you you've seen the albums on the in the charts haven't yeah. you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's but, hilarious yeah but it is there is that thing of um, um I've seen musicians having tough gigs and like in the corner of a pub they just play covers in the corner of a pub but they can just plow through head down. Mm. But mm. comedians, we can't do that. That's it's just, it's horrendous. And, and the uh, way people, the way people treat support acts in music is a million times worse than any comics ever been treated. I yeah. Think. Yeah. We complain, yeah. but they get it worse and they don't get paid for yeah. a long time of, um, yeah. like we can get paid for doing shit gigs and not even being professional comedians get paid. Yeah. For like new comedians can get paid, new musicians don't get paid for ages. Mm-hmm. And do you know, I learned the other week from Toby Jones. You know, Toby Jones. I didn't, I didn't yeah, know yeah. this. You know, a lot of support acts don't even they have to pay to be the support act. I didn't know that. Is that right? Are you I sure didn't he know wasn't? That. He wasn't trying to wangle a deal. <laughs> <laughs> that could well be could well be a long term plan he had on some yeah. level. But it's quite it's quite tricky talking to music. Do you ever find because um, you've interviewed like I was going to say you've interviewed like Ed Sheeran. I love that interview of Ed Sheeran. That's great. He's, yeah, he's, he's quite, quite easy to chat to, isn't he? But but do you find yourself like when you know when someone talks to you as a comedian, they go, "So where did you get your ideas?" And you're like, "Oh God, like that." But then mm. when you talk to a musician, you find yourself going into that. Where you think oh, I'm now asking him all those annoying questions he's been asked, yeah, a million well, I times. Think the one, the big thing that I often think, and it, it's sort of, I find this the recurring question I ask musicians is, do you know when a hit is a hit? I yeah. find that like when the Lars wrote "There She Goes," yeah, did they did they know this could have been a hit in? any that could have been a hit in the 50s 60s 70s like it's it's supersonic it's so clear and pure or were they a bit a bit like we are if we come up with a decent bit you go that's that's all right that and then cut to like six months later and it's the best thing you've ever done yeah and you're like bloody hell i didn't i didn't i didn't know the power of that yeah I'm, i'm curious to know whether musicians like when you know, when Jack White went bow, 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 yeah. did he go, fucking oh, out? Or did he go, oh, that's quite nice then. Yeah. Do you know I, what I mean? And I, yeah. It's, it, and I find that really, I find that really amazing. Or is are there people in the studio going, this is insane? Or are there songs that they go, we were going to throw that out. 
We yeah, thought that was shit. And I bet there are loads, loads of that, isn't there? There's loads yeah. of that. Yeah, there's loads of there's uh there's um there's, yeah, I have that with songs where I just think they must have in the studio, like Coldplay, um uh the scientist, that song, they must have gone, Well oh, fuck, come on. You know, it's those mm. ones like um Snow Patrol, um Chasing Cars, they must have yeah. known. They must have mm. known straight away. But then some of them they need someone else, like they have some they have people, you know, A and R men and that who got sometimes like Noel Gallagher's gonna have some of the sin that wasn't even gonna be on the album, let alone a single. You know, yeah. what? So they there's, must have that a lot. The, there's an amazing bit in there's a Coldplay documentary where Chris Martin it, is sing, oh, is singing. Oh, is it the recent one? Yeah, where he's singing Fix You. Yeah, I halfway, love that. I love that. He's halfway through it and just goes, Is this shit? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just that it's kind of like he completely collapses in on himself and it's there's something like incredibly reassuring about seeing somebody um be that unsure of something because that's where any kind of creative is i think and when you see somebody slightly buckling with a piece of art that would go on to have a massive impact upon millions of people. There's something really nice to go, oh yeah, we're all we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all need a creative place where you can just go blah. And yeah. it's I watch you know. things like that and then when I write again, try and write stand up again, there's a bit of my brain going, no, 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 this could be like the equivalent of fix you. Don't, you know, yeah. don't don't give Def- up on this. Definitely. No, but it like it's kind of there's, there's an amazing Seinfeld podcast with a guy called Tim Ferriss where he talks about that. You have to be really kind I to just listen to that the other day, literally last week, where I've started to try and do that, to write an hour and be proud of myself for writing for an hour. Yeah, exactly. And then, I always do that. I'm going to write for seven hours today. So like, no, you're yeah. not. You can't. Well, it's such, it makes complete sense that you just go, that's exactly... Uh, like, there's an analogy where he goes, if you were with a personal trainer... The personal trainer wouldn't say, we're just going to train for, I'm not going to tell you how long. Yeah. You have to have an amount on it and you go, oh yeah, sweet. I'll just do, I'll just do two hours. Fine. I can do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Was it Al Pitcher forwarded you no. that? No, it was me. He forwarded, forwarded me it. I forwarded it to Pitcher and Pitcher's now, turns out he's spreading my fucking cultural drops. Oh, so there you go. Pitch. I got it from you then. You gave it to Pitcher. Then Pitcher gave it me, and then Jared did, and then I said to Pitcher, Jared's just sent me this, and he went, I sent him that, but he's not even listened to it yet. So now I can <laughs> send to him, Russell, send that to you. That's good. I'll enjoy that. Exactly. I'll yeah. enjoy that. We haven't we haven't even uh, sent it to Steve Williams yet. Ding! Yeah, <laughs> there it is. But um, but I, I tell you, when I um, spoke to uh, John Richardson the other week, uh, yes. we mentioned about you two working on Six Music. Yes. And it was really, I mean, you must be fascinated with John's taste in music. It's very funny. He's got quite a good taste in music, but he thinks it's awful, which is funny to be aware you've got a terrible taste in music is a weird thing as well. Yeah. Well, it was very, it was, it was very strange working at Six Music because, you know, it's just everyone was so cool and skinny jeans and like leather jackets and, just amazing hair and then he rocks up with his cardigan i rock up with a fucking liverpool top on and you can just see everyone going who are these bricks and um yeah we were we were very different we had a uh one of our sketches was like a fight and fantasy book uh where mark lawrenson um 
were every week he was trying to find uh, Manish that used to present the football focus oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. show. And Manish was his cat <laughs> that, that lived with him. And every week, uh, Laura was trying to find his cat Manish because the guys from Sky Sports had stolen his cat, right? <laughs> and we got him to record it and he did it free. He did it free. He was like, yeah, no problem, no bother. And it was just, it would be like every week, it was a little sketch of like, oh no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> Helen Chamberlain's had me get away. People hated it. Like yeah. they, honestly, I cannot tell you how much because they were just, the amount of text, just play some music. And we yeah. genuinely thought people would love it. We thought it'd be great. So yeah, we were an odd fit for Six Music. But Yeah, they want to hear the news Foles track. And yeah, you've got Mark Lawrence and pretending he's lost his cat. And then he's <laughs> like, and then, and then Rico's like, oh, should we uh, have a bit of George Formby? And you're like, yeah, all right, why not? But um, yeah. he's, I, I remember me and him have a big argument about the Kings of Leon when they first came out. You know, you and your six bed jacket. Oh, get, it's bloody nice. It's just bloody. Like, he, yeah. he, he just was never into them. So we sort of bickered a bit over our music taste. Like I was really into Rufus Wainwright at the time. And he was just like, it's just bloody moaning, isn't it? It's just bloody moaning. Um, <laughs> which was pretty, pretty, but also pretty rich coming yeah. from John to kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he should enjoy it. But uh, he told me, yeah. he said that he was always paranoid about getting stopped in the lift and someone going, right, what's your favourite Beatles album? Go, now. Right. And, yeah. and me and him yeah. were talking about how I was saying, I, I could imagine Russell going up to Sle- Steve Lamack and going, you know, you know John Richardson, you know who loves the Eagles, don't you? Yeah, Just yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> slagging him off. It was, yeah, we'd, we'd sort of see there, you'd see like Mark Lamar, you'd see um, Lamack, you'd sort of see these real you know, sort of titans of the underground that really knew their stuff. And we were just two comics that were just doing a Sunday morning show, just taking the mickey out of each other. Um, it was really, really good fun, but we, um, yeah, we just didn't, we didn't fit. We, you know what I mean? We just didn't have the right vibe. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's probably the best way of putting it, but, but now, it's fun. But it's also that thing of like, you know, I think, there's nothing wrong with having a uh, a varied palette, but it's such a scary thing to talk about music that you actually like because you just end up bullshitting and and sort of scrabbling at the things that you think people would like you to like rather than going ah oh, well you know I really like uh, um, that Avril Lavigne song where I'm with you like for example yeah, yeah. I really like that but yeah. you would never say that if you were with somebody who's got skinny jeans and eyeliner. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, it's weird. I, I've tried to talk about music on stage every now and again. It's always a weird thing. If you ask someone in the audience, what music do you, you like? They never yeah. answer. They always say a bit of everything because they can feel 200 people judging who they are. Of course. As of a course. human being. Yeah. Such a weird uh, thing. And even stuff like, like saying you like Coldplay, for example, you know, or like, let's say, take that. Like if you say, I quite like take that, for example, you know the room would go, yeah, and you go, well, statistically, let's all empty our phones and see if anyone here's got a Coldplay or a take that song in it, because I'm guessing you do. But it's there's this kind of weird, it's got a weird fear factor about it, about being honest about about music. It's one one of those things I love when you see somebody singing in their car and they're really going for it. I fucking love that because they're really running the risk of being 
of being mocked and somebody recording them, but they're just lost in their songs. And it's just like, I've had a hard day at work. I'm a builder. I like Maroon 5. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just kind of, and oh, yeah, the- you know, any kind of honesty in, um, in art to be applauded i think you know yeah coldplay is a weird one it went from like i really liked now i'm going to sound like one of them people i really liked the first two albums loved them loved i loved russia blood to the head that was one of my yeah. albums when i moved to london yeah and i was yeah, in yeah. london didn't know anyone and that had just come out and i was listening to that mm. all the time while doing open spots and stuff and mm. um i love that album and i like the one after that but then they went a bit bit massive and that, that's the weird thing when bands go huge and then they became mm. a in comedy a go-to example of a band to slag off you know it, it, yeah it goes through stages of comedy where there's a go-to band or someone you can slag off an example mm. coldplay was that and still are probably mm. and i don't yeah. know why yeah exactly but i remember being in a coffee shop in uh america and it said um you'll be glad to know we don't play coldplay and that's what it sort of says and i was like going such a cowardly approach because you're like all right what 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 do you play what do you like Uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say well have the have the courage to stand behind something you adore do you know what i mean there's there's an amazing quote that chris martin said i'm you know i'll probably get this wrong but it was along the lines of he goes, I realise that a lot of people hate um, Coldplay. So what I try and do is make music so brilliant so that people who do like me, they can feel proud of themselves. And I was like, uh, I thought it was a really interesting way of looking at it where you just go, yeah, you're just, it's quite vogue to say, you know, oh, that's shit. But there's obviously people that like it. So you just have to make them just forget about all the other noise and just make something magnificent for the people that you know are waiting for you. You know, very privileged yeah. position to be in, but also, you know, um, I think the right approach. Yeah, they're undeniably a, a great band. Yeah, yeah no, totally. I don't yeah. know. Exactly. I don't know, I don't yeah. know what happened. But um, now a question I always ask, and I've, uh-huh. I was looking forward to this for you, is I always, because it's, it's a good sort of barometer of someone's taste in music of, sort of getting the gist of where they come from is what music their parents listen to. Now, I am fascinated yeah. to hear first, obviously, what your mum listened to. Well, I have no idea what it'll be. I imagine she sang a lot around the house. I don't know why. I could hear her singing. Well, we were, funnily enough, we used to, we would always listen to the top 40. So that was the uh, the big thing, like when we were kids. It was just kind of like every Sunday we listened to the top 40 and mum would cut our hair. That was sort of like, that's my memory as as kids. So we'd be listening to Michael Jackson was huge in our house. Tracy Chapman, uh, UB40, um, um, uh, Madonna and uh, REM. Those were the the big ones that that my mum and dad. Sounds familiar. That sounds sort of late 80s. Yeah, so because we were about the same age, I think. Yeah, I think you were, um, you'd have been a year above me at school. <laughs> Always yeah. will. But yeah, um, that, that, that sounds about late eighties. Yeah, yeah. But would your mum listen to all of that stuff as well with you? Yeah. So we we had we used to. I don't know how quite how this worked, but every so often our dad would get a video camera from work, like his work had like a communal video camera, right? <laughs> really? So so we'd have these sort of like mad 
like let's say once every eight weeks it was on like a timeshare once every eight weeks we'd have the video camera so we've got these home videos that are like it's like a fucking hard day's night we're cramming everything into like a weekend (laughs) and and there's so much footage of us dancing to um the top 40 dancing to michael jackson and my dad who i don't know if you've met but my dad is like a fascinatingly odd bloke so he um would always tell us got to find the rhythm find the rhythm that's how you dance find the beat find the beat like re- like but like yeah that's the way to teach dancing isn't it right everyone yeah. shut up and listen to the beat now yeah. move your like, body to the beat so an aggressive we all, personal trainer for what should be yeah, enjoyable yeah like private pile like that so <laughs> so so dad would literally be screaming go no no feel the bass there you go now move your leg now move so <laughs> So really? now, my sister, my brother, um, and me, we all dance the same way in that we like zone in, find the drum, and we're like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so God. It's, just, it's oh, awful. Family weddings must look horrific yeah. when the Howards well, get up. The family weddings are, because for me, I am terrified of dancing. It's the worst me bit too, about my yeah. wedding. Worst part of my wedding. I held on to my wife. Like, you know, when you see like a, a drunk woman dance with a dog. It was like that. I was just fucking hanging on her. And, but, and all of the men in my family don't really dance. We've got this sort of strange thing, except for my cousin's husband, Robin, who f- fucking dances like an absolute bastard and makes, ev- so everyone's like, why can't he be more like Rob, eh? He's, he's getting into it, isn't he? I like you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you, well, the reason I can't dance is because my dad used to scream, find the beat! You know? <laughs> <laughs> but also, that's why I like that um, that Cardi B song. That's one of the that um, because that sounds like something my dad would have shouted at me in the eighties. Fetch a bucket and a mop, you wet ass pussy. Like that's what I like. It was sort yeah. of I was like, oh, memories, man. Um, but so so, what's interesting about it? So my mum would very often record us dancing to Michael Jackson, and but my dad. As, as life goes on, his musical taste is what's really fascinating in our house because we've never had hymns or anything like that at Christmas. We always have um, the music that my dad listens to it is spinning classes. What? So, yeah, so my dad like gets up at four in the morning and cycles for like three hours before he goes to work. He's mad. So, but so we'll be eating Christmas dinner genuinely to I just want to make you sweat uh, 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 <laughs> like that. And Dad's like weird gym music. Yeah, and Dad's like it's a tune, isn't it? Do you like and like um, and he went for a real phase of like that. Remember that spun and their lives are gonna keep spinning and their lives are pulling. But the, you remember all that kind of stuff. And I remember during the the end of the first lockdown, I was around their house and my dad's on his bike cycling away. It's like, you know, seven o'clock. He's been going for like three hours and he was singing along to, um, remember that salt and pepper song? I want to set yeah. you up. Like my dad's, <laughs> so my, my dad's 64 and he's like on sweating a bike. and he's singing about sexing himself up or, or presumably sexing mum up. But I, and it's the first time I listened to that song for a long time it's one of the funniest songs it like come inside take off your clothes i'll make you feel at home that's not how you make someone feel at home is it like yeah. straight away come inside take clothes off come on 
I'm going to set you up in a minute. And yeah. there's, there's a line in it where he goes, making love, matey screams, making love until we drown. <laughs> just like, oh, what the God. fuck? He's on a wild. bike bellowing that in the house. Yeah, yeah. So wow. so my dad, my dad has the peculiar taste in music. Um, my mum's very much a watcher. Um, and she really likes now, my mum really likes Rufus Wainwright. And she really likes Coldplay. Um, but my dad is the one with the really strange musical taste. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I was not expecting weird. that. that so that's going to ruin sister. a lot of songs for you, your dad on a yeah. bike singing them. Because yeah, gym I mean, music needs to be in a gym. It's very specific, some of that music. <laughs> you hear it in a gym and you're like, oh, yeah. God, I won't want to hear this in any other context. No, And he's got it blaring it. in the house. Yeah, exactly. Christmas dinner. My dad listens to the kind of music you'd have at like an industrial rave in Berlin. Do you know what I mean? And he's he's 65. Every Christmas is always like that. Like, And that same Christmas, it was already tense because me, my brother and my sister's ex were playing uh, Pro Evo um, on the PlayStation, which is what we do every Christmas. That's our little thing. We have a little group tournament. We see if we can get to the... Uh, you know, and win it. And we got to the final and my brother missed an open goal and we lost. And it fucking ruined Christmas. It was just like, <laughs> I just can't believe it. we got all that way, like three hours solid, you know, <laughs> so it's so terrible. My mum's cooking food and we're like playing computer football <laughs> and dad's uh, just lubing himself up for his morning ride. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But it's sort of, it's sort of moments like that where you just go, the, the, what's really fascinating. I don't know if you have this, but my family have always been, because they're completely normal to me. Um, but it was only as I got older and I would start telling stories about my family at school that people would start laughing and you're like, oh, fucking hell, they're, they're, they're different. All right, yeah. okay. Do you know what I mean? And, and you'd sort of, you realise where your kind of comedy comes from because it, I always lived in such a mad house, you know? Yeah, I, I have that of my, my dad. He's got a load of stuff that he says that I thought were like general sayings that everyone yeah, yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I find, yeah. And then you find, oh, no, just he says that. He made yeah. that up. Yeah. That's, that's mad. Um, yeah. yeah. But, um, no, your, your family, uh, whenever I hear you do stand-up about your family, I'm always like, oh, you jammy bastard. I wish mine were a yeah. bit more mental. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And I just quite like that. I just like the fact that, that our family Christmas, we've never had Christmas songs. And it... it I just, there's something, it would be strange if my dad wasn't trying to uh, play like Niall Rogers to us as yeah. we're eating turkey. Do you know what I mean? There's something yeah. quite, but it's like his music, he's always like, this is a banger, isn't it? This is an absolute <laughs> banger, like that. So so he sort of talks, he's like this weird kind of like Euro pop pusher. Um, <laughs> but I love it. Whereas my mum does, doesn't really talk about music as such. I'm trying to think about it. Um, my brother had is probably the only 12-year-old. I know how old was he? He was 10. He was probably the only 10-year-old in 1992 that got the Diana Tribute album and the Eva Cassidy album and was absolutely delighted. Yeah, and like, I can imagine I imagine he owned it as well, as in yeah, he was not yeah. ashamed. I've met no, your brother was, a couple of times and he yeah. I can imagine He's one of them mates that you have that you uh you can imagine if if he was left with David Attenborough, he'd start lecturing David Attenborough <laughs> on worms or something. You know yeah. what I mean? He's just got this weird ultimate confidence 
that I imagine yeah. your brother would listen to some awful music and not give a shit and lecture people ne- on why it's good. Has never given a shit. Like, 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 has had. And I remember as as an older brother of him going, you know, I so I'm in year nine, he's year seven, and I'm like, right, mate, just a little tip. I'm just going to say this early doors. Don't be going around telling people you like Phil Collins, <laughs> all right? Like, and you sort of you give him you give him a list of stuff. You're right. This is um, this is the prodigy. Uh, yeah. This is um, I'm trying to think of stuff. This is Oasis. Safe yeah. ground there. Blur. Yeah. Very safe. Okay, that's who you like. All right. Uh, yeah, all right, fair enough. And then you'd sort of see him get chased around the playground. Do you know I mean? Jesus, he knows me and he knows I'm right. And you're like, Daniel, man, come on. What did we but talk about? Yeah, yeah. We spoke about this and he didn't help himself because when he first went to school, he had fucking green hair because we went on holiday to France and the pool was faulty and the chlorine fucked his hair up. So he had fucking green hair. <laughs> and he's he's like singing along to Cindy Lauper and you're like, Daniel, come on, man. <laughs> But he, we, it's it's funny. We were talking about this yesterday because he's such a spectacular, like he, Human he's being. such a liar. He's such yeah. a liar, but he's so adamant that his bullshit is true that because he used to sing on his paper round. So he'd have like these headphones in and he'd be singing like, what there were, there were lesser bitter girls they want to have fun. Well, and I could hear him coming. I was just bloody out. And he used to wear, like it was really cold. So he'd wear tights underneath his trousers. He used to wear a swimming hat underneath his his other hat. Yeah, keep his head warm. I have no idea. So he's going around wearing a swimming hat, bloody tights on, singing Cindy Lauper. And um, he is adamant that an old lady on his paper I went up to him and said, can I just say, if it wasn't for your singing early in the morning, I would have killed myself. <laughs> and you're like, that is a no. fucking lie. Like she's like sat there. He, he painted this image that every day he'd turn up, he'd start performing one of his masterpieces and this old lady would like take the knife from her neck and just throw it down <laughs> and go. She was on the brink and he yeah. gave her a reason to live. I think, I think yeah. he had the earphones in as she said that. And it was very he much, was, if I hear you sing again, I'm going to kill myself. Mate. That must have been it. It was like that. But there was a bloke in our village and Daniel just sat in his garden for a week and um, uh, drew his house. He had a thatched cottage, right? And Daniel just drew his house. And this guy's just like, fucking, like, didn't ask, just sort of sat there, drew. And then like knocks on his door and goes, here you go. And he goes, oh, thanks. Because he's like 10 at the time. He's like, oh, it's nice. <laughs> And my brother, my brother looks at him and just goes, what should we call it, a tenor? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the bloke's sort of like, uh, I, I, I guess so, there you go. So he just comes back with 10 quid. So he started doing that. He started just going fucking like trespassing in people's houses, painting their houses and then charging <laughs> them money. Yeah. That's, in, that's weirdly intimidating, a 10-year-old yeah. just staring at your house for four <laughs> yeah, days. Sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and he's going to get money. a tenner to leave, isn't he? Really? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, very funny. But again, he's like, no, no, no. Uh, he said it was the best paint he's ever seen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he wanted to give me. T- he wanted to give me twenty. I said, ten's enough. Ten is enough. I've got old ladies to save with my wife. <laughs> See. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I imagine a lot of them just. Is that is that a child ghost? For a, a day or so, yeah, exactly. just in the garden. Yeah, exactly. Is he wearing a swimming hat? Yeah, 
He's been singing Cindy Lauper for a week in my garden. Mate, like, this has to always, stop. It's always Lauper. Always Lauper. Oh, you can't mean, yeah. You, yeah. Um, yeah. So you, so you used to try and advise him on what music he should be like, because you were the older brother and he were he yeah. sort of weren't having it. So what, uh, was it your mate, you and your mates in your year at school? What was, what was the first music you remember yourself buying? You mentioned a few then. What were standards at school? You're on safe ground. You're right. Oasis, Prodigy, stuff like that. Yeah, that's later on. But the first song I ever bought was uh, SL2 on a ragged tip. Do you remember that one? No. Badeo, Badeo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's all I need to hear on that. Now, that is a banger, Russ. That's a banger. <laughs> that is a banger. You could, yeah, you, exactly. You could celebrate the birth of Christ with that one. Um, that was the first song I ever bought. And then, do you remember when they used to do those kind of, you can get, you, you have to buy one CD a month. Yeah. You get, you get six. Remember that little white magazine? And then you yeah. get your f- first six free. So I remember I got all the Beatles albums when I was like 11 kind of like I sort of panicked didn't really know about music I know we get into the Beatles but I kind of did it like that sort of please please me and she loves you yet really simple songs for an 11 year old so then I had this sort of like growth throughout my school time where I'd kind of like you know sort of like evolved with them it's really interesting actually I sort of came back to those CDs Um, yeah so that they were my kind of that was my staple really the Beatles um, and it was around the time they brought out the, remember the anthology? So they, yeah. they brought out the free as a bird. That's what got me into the Beatles, but you were already yeah. into them at that point. You were already, well, oh, news, everyone. Oh, news at school. But I've been into remind, these for years. But really reminded of it when it was remastered. You're like, wow. And like, there's so many amazing documentaries about them. Like the, the Ron Howard one is just phenomenal. And the, the, the George Harrison doc. Yeah. Like this, that, even like, again, it's sort of that fascinating thing when you hear about it, that you go, holy shit. So Here Comes the Sun was written because him and Eric Clapton stayed up all night in his garden. And then, oh, look, here comes the sun. Do, 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 do. Wow. Do you know what I mean? It's just like so simple. But did they know when they they saw the sun? I don't know. It's sort of where, where you get into this sort of amazing state of like, Jesus, how many, that song would, we, the world would never have had that song if George Harrison and Eric Clapton hadn't stayed up getting pissed in his garden. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's sort of like, you sort of often think about those little sort of freak moments that lead to moments of brilliance like that. Crazy, you know? Yeah, music is that, that like, and that is such a simple, they must have, as I can imagine, as they wrote that or sang that thing, that's too simple. That's too mm. easy to be that good. Like, well, here comes it can't the be this easy to write a song like that. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Here comes the song. Da-da-da-da. Here comes the sun. And I said, it's all right. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And you're yeah. like, but somehow it's, it's almost, it's almost the purity, isn't it? It's very often the way we stand up that sometimes you can get a wee bit too complex with things, but there is something yeah. to be said for like, well, here comes the sun. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I often do that where I write a bit and then try and be too clever and overwrite it and overwrite it and then it's, mm. it's gone. It's just that's it. Yeah, mm. that simple. The first bit, that was the funny bit. That was yeah. it. You didn't need all that other shit. Um, I like exactly. that. There's loads of that with the Beatles of stuff 
where like like Paul McCartney dreamt yesterday, the song yesterday dreamt it, and it was called Scrambled Eggs as a working title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. he he went around like a comedian. He kind of went around asking, "Have you heard this? Have you yeah. heard?" Because he thought he'd heard it somewhere. He can't have just thought that tune up. And yeah. for months he was asking people, "Is this like an old jazz tune from the twenties that I I've remembered?" Or yeah, and he finally just yeah. And, uh, it's a mate. Can you imagine if you took some of your dreams on stage? Fuck me, you'd be locked up, man. Yeah, my wife like, would know I cheated on her a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream my, my, cheat my, again the other night. My, the problem as well with talking about dreams is people either don't care or they care way too much. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So you're kind of like, oh, I had a dream where I was, I had one the other day. I sort of told my wife, I was like flipping out. You know, you wake up exhausted. Yeah. She's like, what? I said, well, I've just been running away from a fucking hippo <laughs> like that. And she's just like, like, all oh, right, fine. Just doesn't care. But then like there'll be certain people in my family, like my cousins who are like, you need to repair relationships um, <laughs> with your father. Yeah, it's straight yeah. into that. I'm like, let me tell you about that. It's sort of, you know, but wowzers, man. Like, you know, the, the, it, it, there's something so fascinating about the fact that his brain was just like, just trying to get out. Oh, hello. You know, do you imagine waking up with a joke as good as yesterday, just because you dreamt it. What equivalent a fucking of that. day. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trying uh, Peter Cabers ever like that. Garlic bread. Garlic bread. <laughs> just woke up. Let's be on garlic bread. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Has anyone done it? Just, yeah, Paddy McGuinness. Um, <laughs> uh, so you were, uh, so you Beatles, and then what, what sort of then, where did you go from that? What modern music did you get into yourself where you thought... I was I was really into uh, uh, what did I like I liked there was a, a, I really liked a song called uh, Candy Rain by Soul for Real um, was a big fan of that um, I what, kind what, of what, what was that one it goes my love do you ever dream of candy cool oh yeah rain? yeah so kind of like that and I liked um, it was quite kind of like sort of like mainstream R&B and then um, sort of Oasis uh, came along. I remember listening to, I didn't listen, I, I listened to uh, uh, Morning Glory around my cousin Rhea's house on her Discman yeah, and was just like, what the hell? You know, and it was sort of that amazing thing, loved it. And then was like, what, and they've got another one. Oh, wow. So I had the, like this double whammy of then going, oh, wow, now I've got de- definitely maybe. So I yeah. kind of, I love that feeling when you get into somebody, you go, this is really good. And you're like, well, they've got seven other albums. And you're like, yes. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I have, really I, have a double, I have a double sort of feeling of yes. And, oh, this is, oh, I'm going to have to dedicate a lot of time to this. Because oh, I, oh, really? I know, yeah, and I know, and I know it's going to cost me a lot because I'm going to have to own everything they've ever released now. I can't just yeah. have one album. I have to own it all. Um, it's funny that, isn't it? But I've always come to stuff quite late. I remember in like uh, sort of 2000, yeah, maybe it's 2000, and just going to my mates, I tell you, we're really good. Radiohead, they're all right. Like that, <laughs> yeah. and they're all like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the world's sort of known about that. You know what I'm I mean? I'm, I, I'll admit I'm like that. It's taken me a while to be honest about it. I used to, in my head, think I was one of them that had the, my finger on the pulse and I knew about yeah. bands. 
but no i can't I, like yeah like I, I was with oasis i i i was so obsessed with the beatles i missed out on oasis for the first while they were massive i was so too obsessed with the beatles oh, that's and, interesting and i got into oasis as people were sort of then getting over them so that's yeah interesting. I, i'm i'm late to all bands and then i then i was obsessed with oasis to the point i then probably missed out on the next band that come along like arctic monkeys and stuff like that so yeah, yeah. i'm always catching up i tell you what you don't realize just how creepy the arctic monkeys lyrics are until you've heard them said by northern man at a karaoke like we had we, before a gig we had this bloke and he was doing it really slow i bet that you look good on the dance floor <laughs> and you're like oh god this is so <laughs> i don't know what you're I, I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know if you're looking for romance or I, I don't know what you're looking for. And you're like, Aah! it's really funny. Oh, that like, sounds like a cracking album. John Richardson in a CD yeah. way saying yeah. in a deadpan voice, all of the Arctic Monkeys lyrics. I'd, but, I'd pay but you mean, that. But it's suddenly like a young kind of like, you know, cheekbone kids. I bet that you look good on the, yeah. yeah. But an old man, I bet that you look, Aah! you know what I mean? It's kind of, Oh, it's that's like, a cracking cover album. That's a good idea for all albums said yeah, yeah, yeah. in a seedy old northern voice. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've got ninety. I've got ninety nine problems with my bitch A one. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> it does. So, it's funny, is it? It makes everything. Yeah. Saturday yeah. night. Saturday night, and I like the way you move. Pretty, <laughs> <baby>. <laughs> oh, love, yeah. love me do. <laughs> Oh, there's loads of these. Right, we need to get onto this. Um, you, yeah. you, you, you once, twice, three times a lady. <laughs> um, yeah, fucking hell. Very good. That's, yeah. Well, there's, there's something to be said, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get onto that. Uh, just, to, just to finish off, um, so uh, what, what was the first live gig you went to? Did you go with your mates? No, the first live gig I went to was uh, The Strokes at Alexander Palace. Oh, Isn't that's that weird? a good one. That is a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. It was. But I've seen the Strokes. Oh, it was cool, man. But the opening line, he was, it was so funny. His opening line, he comes up and he just goes, "Hey, London, what's London like?" <laughs> like <that. laughs> and it was just that thing where you're like, "Flatty hell!" Like it, it's like you know when you see. I remember, I remember seeing uh, Damien Rice at Glastonbury once, kind of come on stage and he. Um, he had an Israeli flag and a Palestinian flag and he folded them together and went, it's that easy. And you're like, well, it's not, is it, Damien? And it was- no, That's origami, Damien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it's, those are just two flags you put together. Sing your songs. Yeah, um, the Strokes but came um, on like a lost tourist. What, what's London like? Where should we go yeah, tomorrow? Yeah. But they had um, Regina Spectre was their support act as well. It was amazing. It was just like, and that would have been, I reckon that was 2001, you know, like great big gig. They were just, I think the second album had just come out. So they just had this kind of, oh, it was such a tight gig. It was brilliant, man. Um, And then I kind of, but I was quite late to music gigs. I never really kind of, never really went to kind of gigs when I was no, a Me kid. neither, like, me neither. Because I grew up in the middle of nowhere. You grew up out, out in the sticks as well. So it was just, it was unthinkable, yeah. wasn't it? To go to a gig. Yeah. How would yeah, you get there? I, well, you know, I used to, it's that funny thing, even to go and play football, I used to get, I used to go like walk like a mile and a half down to the bottom of the road. So I get picked up to go to footy. So I just yeah. spent, I spent a lot of my time sat on walls thinking and 
didn't really have, I didn't have a Walkman, you know, I didn't have um, sort of a Disman or anything like that. So it was kind of fascinating that you're kind of in your own head a lot, you know, but yeah. I've always, it's kind of funny. Like, like I remember John Oliver got an iPod um, really early on, honestly. And whenever, you know, when you kind of go around a mate's house when you're a kid and they've got a good toy yeah, and you're like, can I play me a toy? I couldn't get my mind I was like, you've got like every song here, mate. This is fucking incredible. Yeah. And it's it's amazing now that we take it for granted. But you sort of imagine, think of all the oceans of hours that we spent on walls sitting around and we didn't have like an iPhone with every yeah. song we loved. Flipping out. I, you know. I used to have, I used to travel when I was an open spot, I used to have a Discman and I had yeah. a thing, one of the pouches with about 40 CDs in it. Yeah, and I just remember yeah, like yeah. DJing to myself on the way yeah, in gigs, and uh, just now having all of that. Whole, I only just got Spotify recently, and just the other day, yeah. there was, I was just suddenly thought, I've never listened to Johnny Mars' third album. Oh, there it is, that easy. But it yeah. doesn't feel right listening to it. I haven't listened to it yet. I still feel I should buy it. I'm completely with you. I don't really go on Spotify. I only buy stuff because yeah. it just feels like it's just it's like come on, like. You can afford 79p for that, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It just feels a bit wrong. But so, Spotify for podcasts, I think, is fine. I don't yeah, mind that's that. acceptable. So yeah. what's uh what do you think is the best gig you've ever you've ever been to? Have you got was it, I, went I mean Barcelona? To, that was Ed good. Shearer and um, James Bay is gonna take some some uh, top in that. I in no particular order, I, uh, Coldplay, Crystal Palace with John Richardson was amazing. I went to watch Rufus Wainwright with the Guillemots in Bristol. Incredible. Not with uh, John Richardson, though. Definitely not with, not John. with John. Nah. Went on, went on my own, actually, to that. Oh, um, nice. The, Div the Divine Comedy, uh, I saw them uh, in 2019. It's probably the last music gig I went to. Um, and... Uh, he heard that I was a fan, so he got me some tickets, and I got them for my uh, my uncle-in-law because uh, he's a huge fan as well. Um, and we saw him before he went on stage, just randomly. We're at the same restaurant. He was eating pudding. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He's having a, f and I was like, I was like, hey man, thanks for the tickets. He's like, oh no problems. And I was like, I can't ask, but. <laughs> You got a free course meal it, and he was like, "Yeah, I always have a." And I was like, "Before a gig, you can have pudding." And he was like, "Yeah, I always have a bit of pudding for a gig." I was like, "Fuck!" I couldn't get my head around yeah, it, yeah. like, like that. That, led, but he was a mate, and then he came on stage, did something so funny. He kind of went, "So here we are at the Hammersmith Apollo, three thousand six hundred people. Thank you." I, I always get a bit nervous playing London, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to imagine that you're Nottingham so it was really funny so then like halfway through through the he, he played a few more songs then he go he goes i tell you what nottingham you're absolutely great and it was just a really lovely trick yeah. of, like, just just chatting about it kind of go see this is why i love coming to nottingham you people are just and it oh, just that's... made the gig it had a really nice edge of of silliness beyond it but he was brilliant he was absolutely great neil hannon what a guy and what a I mean, you know, he always reminds me of Paul Foot. That that you know, like physically they have a similarity, but that yeah. kind of that in the same way that Paul Foot 
he, only he could make his stuff funny. And I think yeah. it's very similar with the Divine Comedy. It's like he is the perfect vessel for his music. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. You know what he I mean? Couldn't it's write for the people. He has no, to do it. But, yeah. And nobody could make his stuff as brilliant as it is. Really no. fascinating. No, no, that's that's funny. That's like seeing Gavin Osborne in short swearing. It's like seeing him eating a pudding. It's yeah, weird, isn't it? it? Just it freaked me out, man. Just like that's it was, brilliant. it was a, it was like a cheesecake as well. It was heavy. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a pavlova or nothing. It was like a big pudding. Yeah, you don't do cheesecake before a gig. We know that. Well, that's we what I'm that. saying. I, I was trying to help. I'm like, mate, you're gonna fucking hurt yourself. This is, this is silly. <laughs> Oh, that sounds yeah. great. Thanks, mate. It's been really nice to talk to you. Yeah, we'll, uh, enjoyed we'll get, that. We'll, uh, we'll discuss the Northerner Does album that we're going to do. Where we have to oh, get yeah. the right voice. Today Absolutely. was going to be the day that I'm going to throw it back to you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Johnny's good. in the basement, mixing up the medicine. <laughs> the Talking about the government. Man in a trench coat, badge out, laid out, says he's got a bad cuff, wants to get him paid off. Look out, kids. <laughs> um, uh, nice. Uh, Toby that was Foster, fun, maybe. Maybe Toby Foster. Toby. Yeah. Fuck it. But you got to do that if you're doing Toby. So it's like, oh, yeah. I've, got no, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> Ten, 20 minutes later. So the fucking mechanic says you're going to have to pay for those time. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, it like, it going on about every single time I've worked with Toby, he's always like, I've got nothing. And then there's like a fucking hour of like brilliant yeah. stuff that's happening. I'm only do five. Or I'll do five. Yeah, yeah. On. It was from Barnsley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, fucking um, great. Oh, I forgot to tell. I forgot to tell you there is a. Uh, you've you very very nicely agreed to do this, and you, I didn't tell you about the the follow up work that you've got to do. Right. It's very simple. Right. What's that? Uh, there's yeah. a Spotify playlist that goes along with this. Great oh, idea, sure. Paul's idea. So what it yeah. is, I'll listen back to the episode. I'll make a list of all the albums or artists you mentioned. I'll email yeah. them to you if you just pick a song for each of them. Yeah, and then I'll put it on the play. I'll do a playlist. So it's, yeah, you yeah, great. choose a song. It goes along with the episode. Good idea, isn't it? Probably good idea, that. Idea. Yeah, lovely um, stuff. Jeff Innocent uh, took about 75 messages and I sent him the list of his, what he mentioned. He mentioned that he covered 100 years of music in his one from what wow. he mentioned. And I sent him the email with the list of how many there were and he just emailed me back, this looks like a two-spliff job. <laughs> 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 amazing, amazing. But, um, cheers, Russell. That was bloody brilliant. What about? See you, mate. A podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 